Welcome again to another episode of the Bobblecast. It's me, uh, Dave Witchley, joined by uh, Lee Mitchell, and welcome back to Mikey. Hey, lads. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a while, probably since uh, we had the uh, fantastic Izzy Christiansen on last, uh, who can't stop doing well for Everton, women's no. at the moment, can't you? No, um, no, scored again yesterday as well, so well done to Izzy. Big <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, where do we get started today? It's uh, <laughs> it's been an absolutely staggering 48 hours. Um, so, obviously, we had the 237th uh, Merseyside derby. Everton, Everton going into the game, uh, eight wins in eight games. Liverpool on the back of a 7-2 Drummond. It's, I mean, it does sound like the, uh, the coin's been flipped there, listening, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, uh, God, it, uh, what we'll probably do is we see we start really about before the game, and uh, and what I'll do because Mikey, you're you're the furthest away probably than than, than anyone at the, you know in terms of the, the lads you go to the match with. Yeah, it's been a bad times in terms of isolation, hasn't it? We've not been able to physically go to the game, and I think did this one strike more with you? Yeah, I think to be honest, I, I have since the season started. Um, I, the the tail end of last season, it was a bit of a write off, wasn't it? And we were quite hopeful that by October we'd be back in stadiums. And there was a lot of buzz going into this one. Um, the various WhatsApp groups we were going in, you know, we genuinely felt like we had, we had a good chance to win for the first time in a while. So it did, it did hit hard. Um, I had a match Saturday anyway, so so I played, but I watched the game again in full. Um, when I got back, but yeah, it 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 was a bit of a um, it was a bit of a downer not being able to go because I think when um, when that siren hit the the roar would have been pretty uh, pretty uh, amazing, wouldn't it? Uh, you still trying to play footy? <laughs> <laughs> do you know do you know, do you know what's happened? They've I, I've become the assistant manager of the, my local village side because yeah. um, because we couldn't go to the games. I wanted something done on a Saturday. And I, I wasn't, yeah. wasn't going to play because my knees were shot. And then our bloody goalkeeper like tore his hamstring or something playing golf. So I've been playing in goal for the first six games, and we haven't <laughs> and we haven't lost. So <laughs> I tell you what, we might need you for Everton. We've been getting stickers, our keeper. Yeah, I, I could so, I could sign, I suppose, lads. Yeah, technically a free agent. Mitch, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, just just building on what Mikey said there, you know, if you, how have you found certainly the weekend not going to the, the derby? Must be the first time in a long while that you've missed. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, you know, it was a few players' first derby as well, like Sir Rodriguez and Alan Takore. Um, and like you say, you're confident going into this one to, that we could get a result. And but yeah, I have, I've definitely missed it with the lads and stuff. Yeah. You know, we kind of made Steve Big Steamo was saying about, um, I think it was about 12 o'clock. We'd normally be walking down now to the yeah. game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, obviously we would have had a belly full of ale. Uh, yeah. Been leaving the uh, Bernie Mays. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it would have been. Putting the bet on last minute. Yeah, putting yeah. the bet. We would have seen the line up anxiously on your phone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Making sure that Chico is junk. I think, but you know, there was a few early bevies flying around on Saturday as well, wasn't there? By the looks of the group chat, when I woke up, 
Especially with this Everton side and Ancelotti as the manager, I, I feel like I'm I'm missing what could be the best part of me being an Evertonian for God knows how many years, you know. I mean, this is a question. I'll start with with uh, Lee on this one. Um, I I think actually we've been playing all right without the crowd as much as they say it. But I, I think that the derby, I think we we lost a bit. Do, do you think that? Do you feel like we we lost a bit of bit of bite? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. Um, sometimes, well, you know, sitting in the paddock, there's a few negative ones there like that. But, no, um, yeah, sometimes we can be the 12th man, can't we? Um, yeah, like, like Mikey said, Dave, you know, good as someone's been rocking with the sirens and the new players. And it's like a feel good factor, isn't there, at the minute? And just a shame, just a shame couldn't be there. Watching it from, from the home, you know, there's just no pubs open, and you know, it's so frustrating. Um, so lineup wise, uh, you could probably say that was our strongest side. So there's always, a, there's still always a discussion to have on the lineup. And uh, Mikey, I'll start with you on this. Was um, mm-hmm. Gilfie Sigurdsson, the much maligned Gilfie Sigurdsson, <laughs> yeah. actually been playing really well. Um, obviously, scored a couple for Iceland. And I didn't think I'd say this, but um, Gomez's form has been quite questionable. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, with Gilby Sigurdsson playing really well, um, with, with, with Gomez only to come back from injury, what would you have done there, Mikey? Would you went with Gomez? Again, it's such a difficult question because Gomez was—he has been relatively good the, the first or the games that he played this season. He, he was injured against um, was it Brighton the last one before. Um, and Sigurdsson came in and did well. Um, and like you say, he's been on fire for Iceland. Maybe I would have stuck with Sigurdsson. Um, but then the downside to that is previously um, the derbies he played in last year was completely anonymous. So it, it was a bit of 50-50, that one. Um, the rest of the team almost picks itself, doesn't it, at the moment? Um, but, I, I, you know, I think you can make a case for either of them. Um, I personally would have probably stuck with Sigurdsson, though. What about you, Lee? Um, obviously, you've always been vocally. Uh, yeah, you know. I've always been a stick at some corner. Um, but to be honest, I probably would have started Gomez. I probably just with the team that it's been working, it's been the right balance. Um, but I think next game, I think he might find himself out the team possibly, and Sigurdsson might start because I didn't think he had a good game. Yeah, and I mean it's interesting, isn't it? Actually, because. There's a couple of ways of thinking about this. The, the, the first part, I think, you know, I mean, obviously, who are we to question actually? is probably question. But uh, what message does it send? You know, so we've got some players on the peripheries. If, if you know, when they are playing well, they can't get in the side. When a player's not playing well, but you know, I mean, it's working at the moment. So we can't argue with unbeaten nine. <laughs> uh, so you know, probably a question for another day. Uh, but. We did have a slow start, and um, I'm probably why I talk about Gomez because I think he was one of the ones particularly stood out to me. He seemed a bit of a yard off the pace. Um, it, obviously, their, their midfield was popping, and then skin popping the ball around. 
Uh, and Gomez seemed to be lethargical on and off the ball and just didn't really get a grip of yeah. it. Maybe they were just too quick for them. Yeah, <laughs> possible. You know, you know, Thiago's a very good player. You know, yeah. just, you can't be biased about Thiago. You know, Thiago, you know, he's an excellent technician. You know, uh, it, but yeah, he has tended to do it, that sometimes, Gomez, in games though. Like he has sort of two or three brilliant games and then he'll drift in and out of one for maybe one or two games. He, he's done it throughout his whole Everton career. So it, it's yeah. not particularly surprising that he's done that. Um, but you can definitely see the rationale behind playing him. Um, he's probably a little bit more physical than Sigurdsson, isn't he? Stronger, maybe better at retaining the ball, where, where Sigurdsson's more of a, uh, what you were calling in inverted commas, creative player, when we've got quite a few of them already on the pitch. It's a bit of an interesting one, isn't it? It's Gobez, you get people saying, oh, what does he do? Like, and, you know, he... I think with Gomez, when he's poor, he is poor. Yeah. Like, you can tell he's not honest. Uh, you know, and that was just one of them days, but... <laughs> I think, I mean, I think he's a bit of a, a master luber, isn't he? In terms of he, keep, he keeps it well lubed up to midfield and the ball moving. People are like, oh, what the fuck's he going on about there? But, you know, he, do, he does seem to be one of them players that, that kind of goes about it quietly, but he keeps everything separate. That, like you say, when, he, when, he, when he's born, he just stands out sometimes. Yeah. Um, the biggest, meatiest issue that no doubt is going to be part of this podcast is... Uh, is the uh, Everton England's number one Jordan Pickford? Wow, <laughs> where'd you start with that one? Uh, so it's it. Uh, <laughs> there's about sixty some topics to go off on it, but uh, I, I mean, first of all, um, if if we start with him as a player, now if we start with Carlo, because Carlo's continued as per the Athletic article to reiterate, he's got no worries over Pickford. I think he was asked. Uh, pre-game, and, and that's what he said. Um, and then after the game, we'll, we'll, we'll tackle the in-between shortly. But he said he played a good game like the others. Um, the, what was quite interesting, the Athletic article talks about how Hanjelas, he stood by Casillas, you know, even when he had dips of forms and he was being asked, the fans were on his case to drop him through Madrid, and also about Manuel Neuer when he was... Uh, a bit questionable in possession and uh, he stuck by him. So he, he's got form for sticking by keepers, certainly. Yeah. You know, no two ways about Pickford's is, is kind of Southgate's number one. Um, but, he, I mean, you just don't know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, it's easiest way I, think, to I think that performance was Pickford in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. He, can, he can be absolutely brilliant and then he can be erratic and, and he could have cost us. But to be fair, I thought he played really well. Yeah. Um, he just had a moment of madness twice. The, well, I mean, the, the, the goal at the end, it was offside anyway, so it didn't really matter, does <laughs> it? But, uh, yeah, but no, I, I, he's done two absolute world classes. Yeah. And yeah. he's done one where he come off his line and he just blocked it. Um, so, yeah, paper than a nutshell. Do you know what, Lee? I, I couldn't agree more with what you've just said. It was, I put a tweet out um, after the game on Saturday saying almost the exact same thing. It's, ju- it's just yeah. the, the, the highs and lows of Jordan Pickford as your number one, isn't it? Um, in, yeah. in reality, I, you know, I don't know what the laws surrounding the offside. and Was it a red card? I mean, yeah, it was a dreadful tackle, wasn't it? Very lucky to probably stay on the pitch. Um, but then... You know, Liverpool would have won if it wasn't for Jordan Pickford. So, where do you go with that? Where do you go with that? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it is one of them strange conundrums. I think that the key is that you know he he's our number one. He's not going anywhere. Um, 
I always think that there's no, you know, there's a difference between having an opinion on player and, and you know, actually rating them. Uh, you know, the way you rate them as opposed to supporting them. Because you can have an opinion, you could not rate them, but, you know, I think when they're in blue, you've got to support Absolutely. them. Yeah. I, don't think it, I don't think it does us any good, you know, continually saying, you know, to, to say that, you know, he's crap or you don't rate him or, you know, a lot of the people are repeating the same thing online and, and it's like, well, all right, well, you've said that already, you know, yeah. we, we know your feelings. So you have to always be repetitive over it. I think, you know, the, the, there's no two ways about it. He's got his flaws in his game, you know, his concentration, um, it's questionable, um, you know. It's you know he tends to, as uh, Andy Alpine says a lot, he tends to be a reactive keeper as opposed to setting himself yeah. early. Uh, but, I mean, it's what we've got, you know. It's the, the cards we've got, you know, and we're not changing it anytime soon. So he's like, he's like a little bit like Harry Maguire at the minute, where he just he can't do no right. It's like the you know the media have just got it in for him and Maguire. Yeah, big moment. time. The, the me the what the media have done since the derby's been disgusting, which I'm sure we'll uh, come on to a bit later, but. Um, you know, in my opinion, if he had got a retrospective ban for one or three games, and we've got this Olsen now, which is he's a bit of an unknown entity, it might not have done him that much of harm just to sort of take him take him away from his game, give him a little bit of time to think about what, what he's been doing. Plus, you know, this Olsen's only been here for since deadline day, so what's that, just over a week? He's not really had the competition from him. Ancelotti brought him in to push Pickford. So we ha- we'll have to sort of wait and see the bigger picture because uh, that, that's what Ancelotti's all about, isn't he? He's the, he's the bigger picture. We've, we've seen why he kept those players on towards the end of the season. He was seeing who was good and who wasn't good. And look what look, look where it's come to now. So I, I think we just have to trust what Carlo says. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, you know, looking at the, the the main incidents, if we go into that, you know, again, a lot of people will put the focus on Pickford's. Um, you know, the ball was landed in the six-yard box. I think we all know that Van Dijk offset pieces tends to hang into the box after the ball's cleared. Yeah. It kind of, I think it was a bit of a miscontrol on the edge of the box and they hooked it straight back into the box. Van Dijk was hanging on the back post with Dinier. And we got caught out as a defence. You know, luckily enough, he was he was offside. But we did, we, we did, we did get caught out. Albeit with a miscontrol, I think it may have been Rodriguez, which is, I was totally out of character, so yeah. I don't blame them for that. But Pickford was left in a situation then where it's almost like a 50-50 the ball's in his six-yard box. Van Dyke's looming in. Dinier's in no man's land. And he's kind of got to make a decision. And it's like, does he pull out? Or, you know, or stands his line? Or does he just make... And I think what he tried to do was he threw himself at it and made himself big. And when you look at the... You know, there's a couple of ways you can look at it. But the first way of looking at it is when you see that initial snapshot, when you, you see him looking at the ball, looking at the man, doing a bit of both, and he's making yeah. himself big. Um, so I think you've got to look at it two stages really um, and the first stage is the fact that I've heard this word mentioned a lot and I'm sorry I'm going to go through a couple of factors here before we, I pass it over to you uh, first of all I've heard the word intent used now if you look where his intent was when he initially uh, the ball came over he was his intent quite clearly was a reactive measure to try and stop the ball going in the net and he's flinging himself yeah. at the ball um, you know, reckless at that stage, probably not. He was just trying to get to the ball. Van Dijk was offside and he was still lunging for the ball in the six-yard box, in our six-yard box. 
Uh, and at that stage, obviously, there's no being no contact. The second stage is, is obviously the later stage where the, you know the actual contact happens. Now, at that stage, it's gone too far. You know, he's tangled up in Van Dyke. And, and, yeah, you know, his probably legs were pushed too high, but it was totally, you know, in my opinion, yeah. reactive. And, you know, body position and all that kind of stuff, probably a bit clumsy, but he was starfishing almost. And I think that's why he's ended up with his legs around him. But, again, you know, mm. that would fall to the reckless. It was certainly a red card, um, but the intent all along, I thought, was... was was for me anyway. I'll go to you to to see what you think. Um, was to get the ball and to stop Van Dyke scoring. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was clumsy. But if this was wasn't a derby and this was another keeper, like for instance, I don't know Martinez for Villa, would there be so much made no, of I don't it? I think so. Why is there so much made of it? Because it's Jordan Pickford, and it's you know crazy. I- what do you think, like, the intent-wise? Because, obviously, there's been a lot... We'll go on to how it's been reported, but do you think, at any stage, it was anything other than... Do you think there was any violence, any any malice in it? No, it not at all, mate. You, my, one, one of the things that I think that Jordan Pickford does sometimes is he tries too hard, and he's gone in. It's a ridiculously clumsy tackle. Like you said, there's been some use of stills in the media... The first frame, you can see he's looking at the ball. The second one, his legs are wrapped around Van Dyke, and Van Dyke's knees bent backwards. Now, if you look at the second one, it looks like a, a horrible, horrible tackle, and it looks looks like he's done it on purpose. But he has to come and stop the ball there. Um, so, you know, he's not gone out. The professional footballers, they don't go out to hurt each other, in my opinion. I, I cannot see Jordan Pickford going to hurt another international footballer, knowing that that's how he, you know, earns his money, it could affect his career. I just, I just couldn't see it happening. And another thing, I, I want a point I want to make, actually, because I can't remember, so, so you'll have to help me out here, lads. Did the linesman put his flag up? Or did VAR decide it was offside? Be- the, 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 it certainly because it was it was a snapshot yeah. incident, wasn't it? So I think it fucked over, and pretty much it happened, and then then the whistle went. Yeah. So I don't think there was time for anyone right. to pull yeah. out of it. Okay. You know, really. now, the other thing, Mikey, I've said today, which before, is that if if people have watched Pickford this season, yeah. right, if he went out of time, kick Van Dyke. He probably would have missed. <laughs> yeah, they just, they just, they just scored. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I know he didn't mean yeah, it. No, he, he, he just he just tries too hard sometimes. Uh, it, it was an accident. It was just it was an accident. Yeah. It, was it, it was a red card. I agree. He should have been sent off. Um, but I don't know what the laws of the game were because it wasn't classed as violent conduct. And apparently, after play stops, you can't. You can't penalise serious foul play or something like that. I, I was reading a reading an article it, on it, so. Well, you're quite right there. I, I, you know, it's almost like you're reading me notes <laughs> here, Mikey. Um, because uh, after the game, and, and we'll start with, with one person I think has been a disgrace for the last 40 hours, is uh, John John Cross from, from the Mirror. Um, John Cross published an article, um, basically, um saying uh, Jordan Pickford sweating over a retrospective action. Uh, and he said, understood far, did not, you know, in the article, did not yeah. look at the incidents. Now, he put that up on Sunday about three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, Mark Holsey, uh, referee Mark Holsey, um, quickly responded to that to say, 
that serious that that basically um, they couldn't they couldn't retrospectively look at the incident for serious foul play, and only if it was deemed to to be an act of yeah. violent conduct. Now he corrected them pretty much straight away. Jonathan Cross um, responded back, and Mark Halsey responded back again. So he'd seen the fact that it was a non-story. There was no retrospective action to be had. And when you look at the actual word in the violent conduct, it says when a player uses or attempts to use excessive force or brutality against an opponent, opponents uh, when not challenging for the ball. Now we've already discussed his intent. Now his intent was in a split second, split yep. second reaction to try and stop a goal. Now the ball was there to be challenged for. It was in his six-yard box. So everyone knows that that wasn't the case. So it would never fall under violent conduct. Now, he was told this at three o'clock on Sunday. He then proceeded to then retweet that article three times, despite knowing that, first of all, the Athletic News team were told straight after the game that the incident was seen. And also knowing that a referee's corrected him, he totally ignored that to gaslight this whole incident and to really kind of stoke the fire up against Jordan Pickford, knowing that, that, that it was actually incorrect. They do it a lot in the they do it a lot in the media, though, don't they? It's all clickbait and all social media, and you've, we've all seen the reaction, haven't we, of, of the, the the other half of um, of what's happened? So he's got he's got what he wanted there, hasn't he? Well, he goes deeper than this, and this is where I think he's gone too far. At 21.49 hours on Sunday, knowing at three o'clock after retweeting his article three times, he's then put another article up to say that Pickford's tackle on Van Dyke uh, compared to Roy Keane's lunge on Alfred Harlands. Yeah. Wow. So it shows a nasty picture of Roy Keane lunging in on Alfred Harlands. So I thought, well, what the hell is this? And I said, I open it up. Anyway, and it's Keith Hackett talking. Now, referee Keith Hackett says out of control. It was an out of control scissor movement, and but so he, he's describing the fact that he thinks that Jordan Pickford's out of control. Not that yeah. he had any intent, but he's under control. So they're obviously two very different things. He then goes on to say, "You have to go back to Roy Keane incident where he's gone out to hurt Harlands to see what is bad in terms of the impact of the injury." Now the problem is that the lines are blurred there because the article. People read the tagline, so the article suggests that Pickford is, you know, is basically really, you know, gone out there to to hurt um, Van Dyke. Where for for me, there was never any intent. Cross knows that you know that, that he hasn't got his way in terms of the retrospective action, so he's then gone again into the whole subject, but stoked the fire up in a different way. I don't, uh, get you know, it. I don't get that. I think why, it's, why? Why? Mitch said, it, "Why is this witch hunt against Jordan Pickford all of a sudden?" Well, there's, there's been a few that have gone at it since the World Cup in 2018 when Joe Hart and um, Jack Butland didn't get picked ahead of him and they were trying to discredit Pickford for a long time. And I still think the same characters are popping up all the time. Every time he makes a mistake, you know, they, they ignore gloss over, you know, Dean Henderson making a mistake, but it's, it's obviously in the spotlight with Jordan yeah. Pickford making a mistake. However, for me, the, the real issue here is how it's reported because... That was then, again, retweeted three, three times. Um, and then the, the old article was actually retweeted again that night, even though he knew it was false. You then have Graham oh, Souness, of all people, God, you know, um, um, 
saying that he thought it was an assault. No, no, right. It, you know, it, the, the problem being with all of this is these words, strong words, you know, the words attack, yeah. assault, violence, you know, this was, a, a, you know, England's number one, made, you know, um, a genuine good character, just making a mistake. So when you use them words, words have consequences. Pickford's not known for being an a, a, an aggressive hard tackler or anything yep. like that, is he? You know, he hasn't got the reputation. Yep. <laughs> and this is the thing: words have consequences. So if you say the words assault, attack, criminal behaviour, violence, that, isn't it? It's you know, the, the words associated with criminals. Yeah, that's what you suggest. That's where the, the lines are really blurred. And as a result, you know, um, obviously, we, you can even, you know, the, uh, there was the, the thing with Beglin that we'll, we'll, Beglin actually uh, was was trying to discuss it today to, to suggest that he had to, he should have a retrospective ban. Uh, and saying that, um, you know, from his expert opinion, as a self-appointed <laughs> expert, um, you know, with, with 123,000 following, you know, so the yeah. quite a substantial following, that he feels that he should be erected because he thought it was reckless. Um, and it was different than the Gomez and so, yeah. uh, so, human song because it was, it was reckless. But reckless doesn't substantiate a retrospective ban. So this is a self-appointed expert, again, stoking the fire up. Suggesting something that can't even happen over 24 yeah. hours later, and he's still there in the pot, you know, he's still saying these things that to really wind up people online, it, but with no evidence, you know, words have consequences. And, and, and you know, and, you know and, and then you obviously got Danny Murphy, you can go right around the house and discuss who else, but yeah. Bosnich, yet the Bos- all of a sudden, Bosnich, went to quote, you know, yeah. he's coming in yeah. having his say, but Pickford has received death threats. His, um, you know, his wife yep. has been threatened. You know, she was to come into the Liverpool area. Uh, you know, there was there was a, there was a Anfield chat who have over one hundred and twenty three thousand followers saying, "I fully support anyone who absolutely levers, uh, anyone absolutely levering yep. Pickford." Key Van Dyke saying, "If he doesn't get stabbed, are Liverpool fans really Liverpool fans?" I would stab him in a heartbeat. You know, this is the result. This is a byproduct, I think, of really irresponsible reporting, even armed with the information and the facts that they should have. They should have been put to get to bed at five yeah, o'clock in the afternoon. There. And um... it's been allowed to run. We've used negligent words. We've used uh, word of gaslight at the incident. What happens if Jordan Pickford is stabbed or a member of his family is attacked? Who do, who does the blame lie with? Now I don't know this Anfield chat. You know he might actually be you know in normal terms. You know a, a, a normal fellow. I don't know. He's got a huge following, but you know he he, he listens for twenty four hours. People telling him that his idol, his play has been attacked, yeah. assaulted, violently, reckless. All these words. And he reacted in, in probably a stupid way, you know, for all we yeah, know, he yeah. might be a really it, it nice fella. It's, but it, I mean, part of blaming this. To, mate, it, it, I, I've almost sort of given up with, with Twitter the last 24, 48 hours. The amount of absolute hatred that's gone on from... And it, it, it is on both sides of the coin. And you're right, it, it's the media lighting the touch paper, which, which causes issues between the two sets of fans. 
Um, and there's all sorts of stuff going around on social media. Everton fans defending Pickford. Liverpool fans coming back saying that they want to stab him. Everton fans getting wound up. And then all sorts. They will end up being trouble at derby games because of reporting like that in the media, where, where where there hasn't really been historically. You get a few pockets of knobheads everywhere, don't you? But but there will there will end up being trouble. Uh, and let's have it straight. You know, I was watching the game in ours with, with my brother, who's, who's a season ticket holder for Liverpool. Now, we watched the game together. He disappeared for the last five minutes. And, you know, up until today, he hasn't spoke to me. You know, yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's typical of Derby yeah. Day. You know, it's a family derby. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a friendly derby. I've got a, my best mate, Peter. He, he has had really normal conversations with me since the derby. None of these are the, you know, these people online that we've seen. But the media have got a lot to answer for for me. And they've got to be a lot more responsible in the way that they act and behave. It's a paid career that they're, they're having. They shouldn't be stoking up hatred because it's going to go wrong. Yeah, no, I totally agree, mate. But like you say there, we've all got friends and family with Reds. And <laughs> they're all right. Everybody, you know, you yeah, yeah. sit down and speak to them. But these these lads online, I don't know what goes through their minds or where they come up with it, but they hide behind it. And you have, like, like names like Johnny Van Dyke and yeah, Bobby yeah, Sixthans yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. A profile picture of the Liverpool lads. It's like a shit version of the Sopranos, that is it, Bobby it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing some of the stuff you see. It's just been it's been awful. Obviously, since then, David Ornstein's confirmed that there's been no there'll be no retrospective action. You know, but we knew that. You know, we knew that on Saturday that we're done. The only investigation going ahead is. Looking into two Everton players getting threatened. Yeah, that's yeah, the only the, 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 the Gregor Keith tweeted, didn't he, that the police are looking into them? And rightly so. Yeah, and those those yeah. lads that have made those stupid, flippant comments because they wanted a few likes and retweets are probably now going to end up getting in trouble. Um, and it, it, it you're completely right, uh, Mitch, and which it's, it's irresponsible from the media. Um, I know as Everton fans, we think that Liverpool are, are the media darlings. Now, the question I'd put to you is. It, if this wasn't Virgil van Dijk and it was Joe Gomez or Matip, would there still be the same outrage? Exactly, probably I'd... not. Well, you're quite right. You know, it's, it, it, Mitch, actually before this, we was talking to me and saying about the yeah. Lewis Dunk incident on Sunday. You know, that, that, was, that was probably the worst <laughs> one. Say, right? Yeah, and it gets, you know, it, again... It's not about the injury that's received. It's the actual intent. It's the actual, you know, but because of Van Dyke being injured for so long, you know, if he was back next no, week, we would we be discussing it? At all, I yeah. don't think. We understand, you know, we, we've been the other end of it. You know, Valassi could have been a terrific player for Everton Football Club. And, and sadly, because of the situation, he ended up, you know, really lo- yeah. you know, losing years yeah. of his career. Yeah. We've, had, we've had loads over the years, you know, our first Jackie Elka, Yeah, but then you've had like a Coleman, Aviezo, uh, Gomez, yeah. McCarthy, yeah. all broke their leg. You know, you've seen terrible injuries. Are good, you know. Yeah, it, it, it happens. It, it it's is, football. It is one of them things. And, you know, I I don't want to see Van Dyke injured. I hope he comes back, and I, you know, hope he's the same player when he comes back because he's he's mm-hmm. the best defender in the world. I I wouldn't want. I'd prefer him to be on the pitch. And I was beat Liverpool because then we can say we've beaten their best side. I don't want to play their reserves. And so, you know, 
a lot of Everton fans are, you know, down to earth, nice lads like us, and we wish we wish them all the best, don't we? We're not we're not we're not arseholes. We're not laughing at the injury. No, that that's it, Mason. Like you say, none of us have have, have you know been laughing about or said anything. We've all said the same. We wish them all the best. Yeah, full recovery type of thing. Show a bit of you know, show a bit of class, life. And just before we move on from the media, I just want to highlight one last one, and I'm sure I promise we'll go to the positive side of things. Was was Richardson? He was obviously you know severely racially yeah. abused online at the weekend. Um, he made the mistake, um, and when I say mistake, I, I mean this was really cheap, of actually trying to be be alright online, and and on like disgusting. So he showed a picture of him actually trying to answer the challenge. Um, so obviously, the, at first, you know, again, it depends which angle you look at, which part, you know, which part of the phase of the title. But in the end, I think he realised he was going to hurt him. I tried to pull out, and he was racially abused in that picture, so he deleted it. Um, and you know, I'm not going to use yeah. the words that, he, that, that was used, uh, but sports then basically ignored the fact that he was being racially abused and criticised him for deleting the, his response. It was- Richarlison-Infuriated-Liverpool-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-Fans-F
and you've come back twice to show all the years we the older we got beat about four four one, you know, five two, something like that. I think and he Michael showed Keane said that after the game, didn't he? And, something similar like years gone by yeah. would have would have considered an, a second and a third. So yeah, the character sums it up perfectly, Mitch. Uh, Mikey, you've oh, just gone really low there in terms of your connection. Hello? Can you hear me? We've done it in, in a few games this year where teams have equalised and we've gone, get, gone on again and scored. And it's really, really pleasing that our heads haven't gone down and, you know, we haven't folded in half because, I mean, if years and years gone by, they would have, you know, they've gone they've gone into the half-time 2-3-4-0 up against us, haven't they? Yeah, very much so, mate. And it was there was a great save actually Pickford made at two one, and that was a made a free one from uh, I think it was Matip the other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like you say, you know, um, in recent years we we defaulted, but uh, no fair play to them. No, I'm, I'm, it was a ple- it was a pleasing result. Like you said, draw against the champions is is no mean feat. I mean, they didn't drop many points at all last year either, did they? Um, and to come from behind twice to score twice. Um, and you know, I think on the pitch as well, wasn't just it wasn't like a smash and grab draw. While Liverpool potentially were, you know, slightly the bet not or not the better side, but dominated the stats, shall we say? Everton, Everton were just as good as them, and we could have won the game. Well, we had, we had we had a real bite in this, didn't we? You know, and it, we've been saying for a while, Mikey, that you know we haven't really got an identity as a side. I thought you know we've had you know a few managers players, we've had like a bit of Moises players, but. It, Bit of, bit of Cummins, bit of Silvers. Yeah. Um, and it's all looked a bit disjointed all of a sudden. I mean, we're going to call them the L4 Azuri for the purposes of the, the bubble. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they look organised, resolute. They've got a bit of bite in them, you know, whether other teams like it or not, we have, you know, and I like to see that as, as an Edsonian. You know, for years, that's been part of our identity. Yeah. Uh, and we, we look massively now like we can score goals, which has been a massive factor that we've missed for a long time. Yeah, yeah, we're um, go on, Mitch. Sorry, no, I was just gonna say, I agree with Witch there, and, and I was gonna say, a lot of players now have set a standard where they're like each game that are, that are seven or above, the, the likes of Michael Keane, the likes of Lucas Dean, um, Calvert Lewin, you yeah. know, to call, like, you know, you've got players there that are Rodriguez and that players that are like seven or above each game, yeah, yeah, you know, it's here in the party, that that like you you've hit the nail on the head there. You know we've had so many bipolar performances um, in terms of the way we are. There's still well, there's still one or two, and, and and you can actually accommodate that. You know when when like you're saying the core of the team are, are hitting sevens every week. You know Alan, it probably wasn't his greatest game, but he, he was still an easy seven. Yeah, you know, and it, yeah. I was in and out the game, wasn't he? I'm so used to seeing him below a seven. Yeah, which, which, he has just come back from a from a knock as well, hasn't he? Because he he tweaked yeah. his groin, so I, yeah. I, you know he's been great in all the other games he's played. So I'll definitely, um, I, he still did all the all the things he had to do well enough, you know, to to, to not let us fold in half. The the man for me though that that I've been the most impressed with is Decore. I mean, obviously Rodriguez is is a different level, but Decore is such a dynamic, strong, quick midfielder. He gets us out of trouble where in previous seasons we've had we've had no no strength, no pace in the middle of the park, and he's he's got us out of jail a few times. And I think what a signing he's been. Yeah, he's an athlete, isn't he? He's been fantastic. But 
Another one, Mikey, don't know what you thought of uh, Ben Godfrey. Do you know what? I thought when Coleman went off, because Coleman was doing his, all his rally cries before the game, wasn't he? And, you know, he was he's the only member of that team that were, was, was in the squad last time. We beat Liverpool. He knows what it means to play for Everton. He was telling all the, all the players. And I thought Godfrey took to it like a duck to water. And he's another lad. He's a big lad. He's quick. He's strong. He, I, I think that is a shrewd Brit of business. Um, again from yeah. us, especially as he can play centre half and didn't look out out of place at right back as well. That's it, mate. I mean, you know, I watched him midweek for England as well. I thought, you know, for the under twenty ones, I thought he was quality then. But you, you look at it, you know, you, your Everton debut, Merseyside derby, Oof. playing out of position yeah. against Manchester, and like you say, just took took to it like a duck to water. I don't know about you, Rich. What do you think? Yeah, you, there's a couple of ways to look at it, right? Uh, I, I spoke to the uh, the lads from Canary Cast the other week um, to try and ask them how what kinds of players are getting, and I spoke to Andy Elpiv, I'll say, uh, who obviously gave his view as well. Um, and there was a remarkable similarity what they were saying. He was a fast, competent centre half. He was still learning, uh, but he has all the makings. Um, I think he's very Phil Phil Jagielka-esque. You know, and yeah. I, I said I said that to both of them. And both of them. Really got the likeness yeah. of a young Jaggy Elka. You know, obviously he, he spends some time on loan, and he plays uh, in midfields as a six. Um, so the, the lad can play all over the place. You know, the, the resounding kind of thing was let, let's get him mature, let's get him comfortable in his own skin. But I think what we see in the other day is he, he was good uh, in his own box. He made a couple of really good blocks, made himself big. He was probably against one of the league's best wingers, if not the best winger. Yeah. in Sadio Mane um, and, and he handled that well uh, like you say throwing in and, and he actually gave them a bit going the other way yeah. a couple of times he went a great run on the first half he did and, didn't uh, it yeah that, wow yeah the Charles should have knocked it wide actually the Charles one, but it was a great run for them a lot of them, a lot of the Reds will say about uh, Van Dijk Holgate has been excellent for us and I think you know Holgate you know we, we've missed him when he's not been in the side Um but we're going to have some really good options, you know, and once we get yeah. them all back to this, we're going to have some really good options. Our, um, in fact, probably at centre-half is where, where we've got the most depth and it's probably our strongest position at the minute, isn't it? With Holgate, Godfrey, uh, Mina and Keane. I mean, there's four quality centre-halves there. Yeah, and you got Brownface as well. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about him. Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you got him as well. <laughs> wow. But, you know where it's been a particular... I mean, we've discussed this on countless occasions on the uh, the bubble cast, but um, it was the set pieces. You know, I've just... We, we, we were looking back at the uh, Rodriguez corner and it was like a fucking rockers. You know, it, it, it was actually... If you look at the, the specifics of it, you know, obviously you've been told to try and make a nuisance with, with Adrian um, and they, they, they got him all tangled up and confused. And then, but the quality of delivery... Keane didn't really have to do much other than just, just, just guide it in. Yeah, put, um, put his head on it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you were saying, Mitch, when you've had the, uh, the in-swing has been a nice... Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know you know yourself, Mikey, like over the years watching Everton, the outswingers all the time. Oh. And you always end up setting up an attack for the, the opposition team. Yeah. But it's nice to see, it's nice to see the in-swingers and the working as well. And it's, they're yeah. so accurate as well, aren't they? The way he delivers a, a ball is is out of this world. And obviously, Dina as well is, is deadly from set pieces. We, we, 
the strength we've got all over the pitch in all different phases of play and in all different scenarios, like you're talking about set pieces there, um, it's it's almost like a night and day from, from last season where we were just one-dimensional and crab-like, weren't we? Yeah. And it's the little things as well, you know, I think open play were more dangerous, but it's their marginal gains, like the set pieces that, that really kind of bring us up a level. You know, Mick Keane's now got three goals this season already. You know, some of our midfielders didn't manage three goals last our season. Top, our top scorer for midfield was on three. Was yeah. Bernard, wasn't so, it? Yeah. That's a well, You know, mm-hmm. and, and I know he's been working on them. Um, so, we're looking at the day, like you say there, Mikey. But, you know, the, 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 obviously, the, the, the two big chances for me as well um, that we should have scored, uh, Rodriguez was central to both. Yeah. You know, it was, first of all, it was the, you know, the one with DCL. Yeah. He, he, he kind of, you know, he, he turns out, turns in. And I think it's probably one of the balls of the season. I think if we were sat in the paddock, we would have just been like in, in absolute glory. That It was the one where he, Trent has always been their, their kind of weakness. And he just guarded a missile over Trent's head. It, and then, yeah, he would be perfect. It, it was, so, absolute yeah. pinpoint that ball, wasn't it? <laughs> it was It was like he just got a pitching wedge, wasn't it? Yeah. I was like, Tiger Woods, you know what I mean? It, it hit the ball and just landed perfectly on the green for Tidney. I haven't, I, I haven't um, seen many people that can pass a football like like uh, Hammers, you know. He's unbelievable. This this is why I'm I'm really starting to miss it now. Because, you know, watching him. Yeah. Because where we sit, like, he, 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 you know, he'd be playing in front of us, wouldn't he, down the rice and in front of the paddock and that. And, yeah, he's just, I mean, what's he, I think he's got, is it four assists and three goals now? Yeah. <laughs> and, he should, and to be fair. Considering he's too slow and he's uh, always injured for the Premier he's not doing too well. Yeah, he hasn't <laughs> done anything since the World Cup in 2014, either, has he? Yeah, bloody hell. Yeah. He's, uh, he, if, if he was doing, he's done all right. If he was doing all the uh, Icelandic statistician stuff, <laughs> where, where he only fails to build a guilt for you, but he says the, the pre-assist assist. Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> no. You know, God, God knows how many of them he's had uh, because he's, you know, it always seems to be his direct ball that calls it. And the, what the, obviously the one that he actually did have an assist almost was the one where he cut inside and that ball he played to Richardson when he put it against the post. Um, I don't know how Richardson did score it, to be fair, but, you know, another day goes in. Yeah, I mean... It's it's the small margins again, isn't it? In these games, last last season when we hit the inside of the post and it and it rolled out, and you know he probably should have done a bit better there with Charleston, but Rodriguez, with Charleston, Calvert Lewin um, have been a, a joy to watch so far this season. And I, I can only imagine, especially against the in inverted commons lesser teams, we, we're going to put a few of them to the sword this year. I think that's a big thing, Mackie, as well. You know, we've got the goals in the locker now. We've got the, you know, the set pieces. We've got the open play, yeah. creativity. Um, and, and, and what was quite interesting for me, and, and we're going to kind of come on to the Richardson problem very shortly uh, that, that's going to be posed, but there was a tactical tweak by Angelotti in the game. And, and, you know, again, you know, we've had so many managers sometimes who haven't been able, in my opinion, to, to tactically change things for the better in game. Yeah. I think Angelotti, whether it's offensively or offensively, he manages to do it. Sometimes it's frustrating because he puts an extra defender on and you're putting it out. But, you know, it's you know he works the, the Italian way at times and he works. But, you know, this game, he actually done a really good attack and tactical tweak. Uh, he brought a Wobie on and he actually brought Rodriguez inside. Yeah. 
And our second goal was actually started, um, well, first of all, uh, as, as Mitch likes, was, was Michael Keane's nice little ball between um, the fields that cut a couple out. Yeah. Uh, it, started, it started from Pickford, hasn't it? Pickford to Keane, and Keane just split like the midfield. And uh, like you say, Rodriguez got on it, and he put a great ball down the wing. So it, it, it's gone like from on the floor all the way down. Yeah. To their goal. It's not like it's only just gone to one. It's a great move. Really yeah. It's a big to come into Rodriguez. But Rodriguez, interestingly, you know, he was co- he come inside and that ball again. I seen a couple of times, didn't he? He didn't have to to, to touch the ball to cross it. It was almost waiting perfectly. <laughs> it was in the right position. It was you know, and it was just waiting the way yeah. that he could just run off and just. Yeah, yeah, you, you said before the game, you know, he says. Play on Trent, and that's yeah. where that's where and that's where the goal come from. Yeah, was down there right, um, because Lucas Dean's so far ahead of him, and, he, and, and what a header from Calvert Lewin! Yeah, unbelievable. Duncan Fer- Duncan like, Ferguson, he does. He's he, he's he turning does. into a top class centre forward, isn't he, Dominic Calvert Lewin? Mikey, you you always know our, our view on him. We've always sort of backed him, but he's actually. He's going further than what I actually thought. I mean, I think he scored in every Premier League game this season. He's, he's only he's only yeah. not scored in one game he's played for Everton, and I think that was like the first first half against. Who did we play away in the cup? Was it Fleetwood? Fleetwood. Yeah, Fleetwood. and he played half, half a game as well, didn't he? So, um, yeah. Do you know what I like as well? He scored quite a variation of goals. He scored headers, he scored tap-ins, and then he scored goals like that one, the first yeah. one against West Ham. Where he brought the ball down and it was it was a great finish. He's, he seems to he, he seems to have just completely changed his game, and it's because he's playing centrally. And Ancelotti told him just just focus on getting in the box, just get in the box. Don't run the channels, get in the box. And how, how much of a difference has that made? Well, I mean, you know, I, I listened to to uh, Higuain speak the other yeah. day, and he was talking about how hard it was to play in the Premier League. Now this is a fella who's who's been you know a prolific striker all his yeah. career, and he was talking about how coming to the Premier League was one of the hardest things he's had to do. You've looked at Hernan Crespo, Andrei Shevchenko, you know some of some of the some of the, the most renowned strikers of all time come to the Premier League and really yeah. struggled uh, because they've not been able to put up with the physical aspect. Now GCL's actually done things the opposite way around, where he's mapped everyone physically. And everyone's questioning the fact that he can finish. Not us. Mm. You know, I've got to point that out. Yeah. But people question whether he can yeah. finish. You know, we put them roles in the manager who's been able to perfect his game and say, well, actually, I know you can do all that. But just, I tell you what, just be a pain in the arse. Control the ball, bring people into play and just stay central. Uh, and he's just flourishing. He, every single game, he's scoring. He's making a nightmare of himself. He's a he's yeah. a big lad as well, isn't he? Like he's he's physically strong. He's tall. He's a handful in the but. I mean, I know we've spoken about this previously, but that leap for that goal it's reminiscent of Cristiano Ronaldo, isn't it? You've seen that video of Ronaldo, haven't you? When he he jumps about six foot above the defender. I mean, it was it, it's unbelievable. He, he's. I like- 
I like to compare them more to Michael Jordan, Mikey. <laughs> uh, uh, DCL, yeah. <laughs> DCL. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he, I'm, I'm genuinely excited for him. and I think um, he loves Everton as well, doesn't he? We, we give him his chance and he seems to really like... I mean, Ancelotti is... is how many... Which, you're the stats man, aren't you? Do you know how many goals he's scored in the games he's played for Ancelotti? Um, I, I know he's got 11 this season, obviously one for England. Um, I, I, there, there was a stat that came out towards the start of the season where I think he'd scored, I think he was he was either top or, or there or thereabouts uh, as the, the top scorer in the, in and about the league since actually yeah, yeah, before the pandemic. No, I think it was after, even after, even after he the goals, he still managed to be there or thereabouts to, to top yeah. people. Yeah. I think Barney may have been top or there or thereabouts, but again, you know, his penalties. He didn't actually score, did he? And that's not really how much he scored just before it. I think to me, like eight goals in seven games. Yeah, the, like the, the, the cut off of the season came at the wrong time for him, didn't it? Because he was, he was banging yeah. goals for fun. And you know, people were getting on his back a little bit during the, um, the pandemic and stuff. And it, it's one of them, you know, as a striker, you. you you feed off goals and confidence, don't you? All I want to know is what, what player Barry Williams is writing off next. <laughs> because whatever player Barry writes off ends up being an absolute bowler. So, Barry, keep, keep writing I, them off. I, I, I'm not sure we can write anyone off at the moment. They're all so bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a nice problem to have, though, isn't it? Who are we going to Who are we going to slag off next? But I tell you, I, I tell you what. I, I see it today as well as the uh, the offside drill. And we'll only touch on this because because we are getting my teeth into the podcast. But for me, at the moment, an offside an offside. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they've since clarified that it was a correct decision. Now, you know, obviously, there's been a lot of a lot of uh, complaints, but it's the rules. Shock horror <laughs> complaints. Yeah, but we, we can't just change them to suit. You know, it's been rules by Mark. Battenberg uh, as offside, and that's it. So we move on from that. So I just want to draw a line yeah. that as well. Before we finish, the last subject we can touch on is looking ahead. So now we've got Richarlison out for three games. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a chance each to talk about what you would do. Obviously, Richarlison's out. Richarlison tends to be key to how we play. You know, he's a direct runner that quite often drags their defence out and, and causes issues. You know, he can dribble one-on-one. I think his stats actually uh, dribbling past people are the best in the league at the moment. Um, so we're going to lose that direct, one-on-one direct running, um, the ability to run past people. And it helps Rodriguez sometimes play yeah. sports. So first of all, um, Mitch, you look really keen. Um, uh, with your, you know, your, your nods. Uh, how, how would you um, replace the Charles in these next three games? Well, I was thinking about this. Um, earlier as much as I like Bernard I think he does his better work in the middle so I don't think I'd play Bernard down the left um, the one that I, I would put in but it's it's whether he's because he hasn't played many games is Gordon I think Gordon's more more like Richarlison than Bernard and Iwobi yeah. but Iwobi has probably played more and he's, he's played well when he's been given a chance to be fair that's an alcohol. I don't know. Uh, if it was me, if it was me, I, I really like Gordon. I think every time Gordon's played, 
he's impressed and he's done well. So we're playing, we're playing Southampton next week. Yeah. Uh, the last game which they played, Mikey, you've got the benefit of the South here to listen. Mm-hmm. And the eighth against the Earls before Mitch gets put under pressure. Southampton <laughs> uh, played 4 4 2 last game. Yeah. You played uh, Che Adams up front, you played uh, Ings, and you played uh, Walcott on the right, uh, Redmond on the left, Ward Prowse, and yeah, with someone like the in the centre. But they played a flat 4 4 2. That change or alter the way you played? I just. Uh... I just do my own thing. It's worked. It's worked so far. It's worked. You know, four times out of five, and I'm on draw. Really. So, so I'd, I'd, if if I had to make a decision right now, I'd probably go with. I think Gordon's more likely to challenge, but I'd probably go with Awobi just because he's he's been playing and he's been playing well for Everton as he's been coming on. I'm. And then you could put Gordon back on the bench because he hasn't even been on the bench yet, has he? Yeah. So I'd probably sway towards a Wobie. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll go with that. All right. So I thought it was that. Mitch has sort of echoed exactly what I was going to say. Um, I, l- I love Anthony Gordon and he is, he is more... Uh, he's, he's a closer player to Richards and he gets the ball he runs directly at them um, the only thing he does lack is that little bit of Premier League experience now we've got Southampton and then is it Man, Man United as well am I, am I wrong there it's Man United isn't it Newcastle, then United, I think. So they're three, they're three tough games. Um, not that there's any easy games in the Premier League. Awobi's got that Premier League experience. Gordon can come but go on the bench. Awobi can then um, Awobi can run at them for sort of 55, 60 minutes, bring Gordon on for the last half an hour, get him some get him some minutes in. And you know, Mitch is right. I wouldn't I wouldn't change the style of um how we've been playing or the formation. It's We've come we've come up against all sorts of different sides this season, and it's worked every time. It's, it's worked even worked against Liverpool, isn't it? You know, we didn't get beat, so um, it were Awobi Awobi gets the nod for me. And you're right about Bernardi; he's he's not as he's not always as effective when he starts games, and he's not always as effective when he's not in the middle as well. Mm. Rich, I'm going to be controversial. Oh. <laughs> That's not, that's not <laughs> it's like a line that comes in. Every, every one of the comes in, doesn't it? Oh, it's 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 but I'm going to take out two players. And if Richardson wasn't out, then Gilby Sigurdsson would come in. But he's not going to come in. Okay. So, I think, obviously, Alan Takure players you do. Yeah. You know, uh, the number eight role, I'm actually going to give to James Rodriguez. Yeah. So I'm going to bring him inside, simply because I think Alan Dukure will be enough um, to to really cause Southampton problems in the middle. Um, you know, obviously James Ward Prowse he wants to get on the ball, and I think there'll be enough to hustle them in the middle and Dukure put the pressure on him. And I'd like to see Rodriguez almost as a ten. Now Awobi, I think I agree, played really well. So he'll play for me where he came on against Liverpool on the right. And Gomez will come out and Bernard will play on the left, who's a bit more direct. And also they're going to play Walcott. So he can't, he can't know, play he, against us, can he? Yeah, I think he actually left on a transfer, didn't he? Uh, he actually left. On, oh, did he? No, I, I, yeah, I think it was. Well, I think it was a transfer in the end, wasn't it? Where, yeah, they agreed to pay, play their way, pay the wages, oh, so, he can, and, so he can play against us. Then fair enough. Yeah. He, 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 
they, they, they played a flat four. You know, the thing is, though, no matter who he seems to be bringing in at the minute, he seems to be doing the job. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. so you've got confidence in the lads, whoever he picks, coming in and Absolutely. doing a good job. And you, and, you know, and, and you know another one, right, and a bit of a curveball, you got in Conkey, haven't you? Because yeah. he not played left wing, no? Because he's very <laughs> I think it's a good side, maybe, that you might consider. But I just think that at the moment, um, Rodriguez can do enough in that 10 behind. Yeah. Also, also, I'd say, I'd, I'd just give, you know, Dakura and Allen would be the centre midfield. They are great people. They are great people all day long. And I'd just say to Rodriguez, just, you know, go wherever you want to go. You know, you've got Bernard, who's good in possession. You've got Obi, who's good in possession. You've got Rodriguez, who's good in possession. And Calvin Lewin can just be like picking. It would be nice to see Rodriguez actually yeah. in that free role. Be interesting to see what he what he could do. Uh, well, he's played there. You know, he's played he's played him left, yeah. centre, and right. Management. And you know, I wouldn't play him there when Richardson is playing. But I think we just need to change it slightly. I don't think we've got anyone like Richardson. So I think because of that. Wobi's quite passive in terms of, you know, the, the way he tries to, you know, tries to penetrate teams. He's he's more like he, he just hasn't got that same intensity running forward. So I think that we need to think about the big picture in terms of we haven't got the Charleston, so let's relook at the game plan. And I think we've got the players to do it. But Bernard becomes our direct analyst. You know, Rodriguez becomes the fellow who did it all together, and you've got you know, you know super ball players <laughs> on the side. I, I, yeah. I, I, to oh, be yeah. honest with you, I would 100% trust Carlo Ancelotti if he put 11 traffic cones on the pitch. I think we'd still win. You know, he, <laughs> <laughs> if he wants to do it, he can do it. He's he's a revelation. And but I I completely get what you're saying there, mate. Um, you know, but Mitch is right as well. Whoever's whoever's it, when we've dropped players in the, in the cup or when they've when they've come off the bench, they've all done really well. So you can make a case for all of them, can't you? That's it. Definitely, mate. Uh, but, right, the blue wave is rising <laughs> and it's crashing down on everyone. The, the, the ball in our way. Gotham City. Go, yeah, yeah, Liverpool's become yeah. Gotham City. So, <laughs> so thank, well, uh, I you, we've had some weird over dress up. But anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. We've, we've tackled a few controversial situations there in terms of uh, what's happened in the 48 hours. Most of them have been non-football related, which is sad, but, you know, that's the, the, the world we're in. You know, keep safe, keep smiling, and thank you for listening. See you later. Cheers, boys.